0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 127 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. I'm damn glad you're here. I'll I'll say it. I'm damn glad. Today on the show, I have a fellow Canadian. My guest today is Rahul Bogle. He is the designer at nothing. Designer at nothing. He runs a little studio in Toronto, Ontario called Nothing. See? See what he did there? Love it. We talk about the name of his studio during this episode. We also get into the early days, you know, where he was born in Bahrain in the Middle East and was always drawing and illustrating, loved creating, and making things look good. Tells us about that. We also get into talking about the corporate design life that he was in before, kicking it freelance and going out on his own. Talks about the overwhelming feelings that he had that really sent him on his way to do his own thing. Rahul also talks about his move to Canada when he was around eight years old and how he was dabbling in construction and renovation with his dad and came across one piece of architecture that has influenced him and stuck with him his entire career. It's one I'm sure you've heard of too we give some a shout out to some great designers who are not afraid to be themselves which is super important and we also talk about the Canada 150 year anniversary poster that he created that went viral. It took off way bigger than he could have ever imagined in the good ways, you know, people encouraging it and saying positive things. But also along with that, you know, you get the negative stuff, you get the vandalism, you get the hate, but it opened up a conversation. And that was the most important piece of this. We also dabble and chat about the freelance challenges and uh, what he went through to make that leap. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's get to it. My wonderful Canadian guest, Rahul Bogo. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie?
0: Good morning, Rahul. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The first question I have to ask is, are you prepared for a quickie?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you've asked all your guests that. I have no idea how to respond to that besides (laughs) yes. Yes, I'm always ready for a quickie. (laughs) Absolutely terrific. Um, So
0: let's start with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Yeah, um, my name is Rahul Bogle. I'm from Toronto, Canada. Uh, I'm a graphic designer, and currently I am running my own brand identity studio called Nothing. Um, been doing that for about three years, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Got it. So you've been doing nothing for three years. I've been doing absolutely nothing for three years. <laughs> and
0: what did you have going on before nothing?
1: Um. So I've been a graphic designer for about ten years, mm-hmm. uh, working mainly in corporate in the corporate world. Okay. Um. So I've I've worked for Auto Trader. I've worked for a global 500 company called Saint Gobain. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's yeah, that was pretty much it. Cool. So designing in the corporate world, and what what really made you
0: want to venture out on your own? This is corporate world <laughs> <laughs> question answer. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Yeah, it's um, you know what? Like, I, I I thought I expected more from oh. working, and I never really understood the difference between a, a corporate world and an agency, for me, like getting a, gra- a graphic design job was just a graphic design job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we'll get into that. Like my, my, um, my background is in uh, is an illustration. Mm-hmm. So that's why for me getting into graphic design, I had no expectations. I was just doing it because, I thought that would lead to more illustration work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I- eventually, doing more graphic design work, I, I transitioned from a print production uh, designer to a web designer to graphic design. And I noticed that each transition, like each workplace, didn't last more more than three to four years, only mm-hmm. because it got so boring. It was just it was so repetitive. Yeah. And that's what made me transition out of corporate world because I started to realize that I'm not, I'm going to be stuck in this bubble
0: and I won't be able to
1: do anything outside of this bubble. So that limiting this thought was, was, it was daunting. It was killing me. It took me a while to understand why, but the moment I figured it out, it was just like, I need to do something about this. Yeah. So just being stuffed in that box
0: that, you know, this is your role. This is your narrow column that you, that you reside in, that you will work in. And then going freelance um, and doing your own business, that's yeah. where that flexibility came in. You could be doing web design one day. You could be doing print production work the next day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was freelancing while I was working uh, full time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just like more fun work. I wasn't, I wasn't actively looking for it. If it came to me, great. Wow, side money. Um But every time I got a job or a new job, I thought, you know, typically when you see a lot of these job descriptions, and it still happens, it boggles my mind, is typically these job descriptions are way more than what they even Give you so you know when you see all these things, it excites you initially. You're like, hey, you know, I got I got a bunch of things that I'm going to work on. This last job was like, I'm going to get to be an art director, and I'm going to get to go to photo shoots and all these kind of things. So this is something different than my uh, normal sitting in front of the computer. But that never happened, mm. right? And and even though with the last company, you know it was a massive brand and there was more than enough like sub brands. They had over like twenty thousand sub brands. So there's more than enough to design for. It was all under this one hub of of you know visual identity. Um and unfortunately the company was also really behind on I think just design in general. And Mm. trying to break that when you're just a designer in this massive company was it's impossible. So it, over time, it just gets it gets exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're just a zombie at work. And what's the, you know, you get into these questions: what's my purpose in life? Why am I? <laughs> even <here?"> The real
0: <laughs> deep stuff on the yeah. commute,
1: <laughs> You know, and eventually you start hearing yourself when people ask, "What do you do?" It's just like, man, do I really want to tell them what I do? This sounds so boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah you want
0: a little bit of excitement? I hear you there. Yeah. Um okay so Rahul I'm going to dive back even further than you know the days in corporate you know 10 years ago where you entered that corporate design world and I want to ask about your childhood and I want to hear do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of led you in this career path um if not what what did
1: Yeah um 100% I've I've always been you know, growing up, well, first of all, I've been, uh, I have been. was born and raised in Bahrain, which is in the Middle East. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Bahrain before, but it's this tiny, tiny island. Um, and, you know, I didn't know anything outside of that world. My, my dad um, is an architect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've kind of been brought up around design in general, just very subconsciously. Um, and I've always been drawing. Right. Uh, I've been told growing up that since I was one or two, I'd be able to draw straight lines and this and that. Right. So I didn't know anything else. Uh, and hence why I went you know, to school for illustration, because I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be an artist. Um, so, yeah, it's it's I've been surrounded with that. And especially with Bahrain and my dad being an architect, I was kind of always seeing architecture, uh, you know, and then when we moved to Canada, my dad eventually transitioned into um, being a contractor and working, you know, on residential and commercial properties. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that was always my, um, you know, side money as well, working with him. So then I kind of like started noticing a lot of, you know, how to build things. I was always interested in, like, DIY stuff and just, like, I guess a natural knack of problem-solving. And I wanted to always be, like, how can I make this look good? And this is all before I even knew or understood that this is design. It was just something that came to me naturally. Um, And, yeah, I think that's, you know, the funny thing is, like, I didn't even know... I fully didn't even understand what graphic design was up until, like, maybe five years ago even while working in design job it mm-hmm. was just like i i still i was kind of like you know in this place where this isn't what i'm going to do i'm still going to somehow land up in in becoming an artist mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah got it okay so i'm putting this together yeah, yeah.
0: did you have any sort of aunts or uncles or anybody else in the design field that that you could look to um to sort of see what was going on there or you kind of came along this unique creative journey and found illustration and design
1: yourself. Yeah, nobody really um like I have two older brothers, one's mm-hmm. an engineer, um one's in the financial world. Um so corporate. You know, and yeah, they both are corporate. I mean, my oldest brother, he's he's running his own firm, right? So that was that's somebody I can kind of look up to as far as, you know, business owner and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um But as far as design influence, you know, culturally, like I come from a Sikh background and culturally, especially back in the day, you're you're kind of like told you need to be a doctor, an engineer, something that gets Mm -hmm. you money, makes you money. So Mm -hmm. I've been very, very fortunate that my parents were very open about like what I wanted to do. Right. As long as they knew I was focusing on it. And that's yeah. kind of where, like, as a as a child, I've always kind of been like all over the place with, you know, I like this. I've always been just really curious and interested in a lot of things. So that was their only concern. But, you know, through through nurturing me with saying, OK, just just do art, do art. You're really good at this. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, OK, I'll do art. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to fight? I'm not, I'm not going into finance world. That's, that's not for me. Totally. So a couple of questions out
0: of that first is when did you move to Canada? When did that happen? That happened in 93, 93.
1: So it was about eight, eight or
0: nine, about eight or nine years old. Okay. So you came over. So in that transition and maybe this happened before, but was there one particular moment where you started noticing
1: design out in the world? at that point to be honest like there was such a major cultural shift for me mm-hmm. that i was just trying to fit in <laughs> so i didn't really <laughs> end, sure. yeah. yeah and it was it was it was kind of a tough a weird, uh weird um i guess generation in the 90s right and, and uh being indian and stuff like that so for me i didn't really i was really trying to hone in on on my heart's art skills mm-hmm. right that would be the only way i can actually like i'm i'm a major introvert it, like Talking to people like that was so difficult, mm-hmm. and the only way I could do that was through art um, so so I mean long answer or short answer, long answer short um uh, no, I wasn 't paying attention to design in particular, I was just kind of in my own bubble and trying to stay away from people got it. <laughs> and trying not to be noticed got it
0: um, <clears throat> so you have been exploring creativity, exploring illustration all your childhood. Is there anything that sticks out to you as maybe the most influential design or piece of art or something in your career so far or in your life
1: so far? Um I think probably oddly enough, you know, like when I was actually reading these questions, I never actually uh, really reflected on this before, but now that you ask it, it's it's insane. Like architecture has been a huge part of my life even mm-hmm. though I don't necessarily know that maybe I'm embedding this into my design work. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been interested in experience. And architecture is the only thing that's really brought that, like how you live, right? It's essentially one of the most influential um, uh, pieces of work has been from uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've uh, seen or or heard of The Falling Water. No, I haven't. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's in Pennsylvania. And... Uh, Frank Lloyd Lloyd is a famous architect and he made this um, house uh, in sort of in in the woods for this uh, I can't remember who it is this famous like they used to own a department store I can't remember the people's name but I I took this tour with with an ex-girlfriend of mine and I didn't know what to expect I'm like I'm just gonna go see this house and this house is amazing like it was just it was designed to take the family outside of the home so everything was so purposeful and minimal the the rooms are small and again this for me this is so intriguing because of the cultural factor right many people like oh you need big houses you need this you need that like Mm -hmm. there's a big big societal like um thing that gets embedded in us and so when i started seeing like what do you actually need and how are these people living and what was my own experience like this is a house that was built i think in the 50s or 60s and mm. it still is so impactful today when you go and see this so that was that was like a game changer for me and like i don't know how i don't know if this answers the question i don't it know how totally this like impacted does. i don't know how this impacted my design but i think primarily anytime i i want to do any sort of work I, i'm really trying to understand like how does this make somebody feel Right. So yeah. even now, like building houses, like I, I still have that as an interest with my dad. You you know, there's a lifelong dream of making my own home one day and it would all come down to that. Like, how do you how do you how do you live in your home? Like you, you sit home all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you experience that? Like maybe eight to ten hours a day. I love that. I love
0: that answer, you know, and it's great how the questions actually caused you to pause and reflect on that to sort of of see how, you know, maybe, maybe like you said, it doesn't tie into every single project or it doesn't come top of mind for every project, but the, the way it caused you to look at design and creative thinking. Yeah, that's absolutely. And that's, Ben, you nailed the question. I love
1: it. And they, I mean, they thought of everything. They even had like this house that was up on the hill for the, the maids and, and um, it was designed equally well, uh, as good as the primary house. Mm-hmm. So everything was thought of. And like when we think about like now that I'm in the branding space, you know, when we talk about like anything that's internal facing or external facing, mm-hmm. like it's all relevant, right? So that experience is super important. Yeah,
0: your your design and your brand is your brand to your customers, to your suppliers, but also yeah. to your employees. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Totally.
1: If you can't fix that that internal culture, if you don't even have an internal culture or those core beliefs, then everything's going to break. Definitely. All right, Rahul,
0: who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like?
1: There are way too many to name <laughs> especially <laughs> now with social media there's like so many new people popping up or yeah. even people that have existed for a long time but you're able to like be aware of them a lot quicker now mm-hmm. uh, i'd say just to name a few uh there'd be uh Shermayev, guys Aviv, definitely from like the identity side of things um and the simplicity i really look up to how they craft logos in such simple formats um collins Mm -hmm. oh man like their work is incredible like i think they got a great team they got a great sense of humor it's just super different um
0: and i don't know if you saw but uh, i interviewed ben crick the creative director of collins and his episode just went up this morning
1: oh no i didn't see it i (laughs) i was avoiding i was avoiding creeping anything to it (laughs) so i don't get like caught up in the the question that's going to be asked later on but that's incredible i can't wait to watch that but, yeah, I think, like, they they have an incredible team. Uh, he's mm. got a great personality. Um, a few other people, Michael Beirut, Sagmeister, um, Timothy Goodman. Like, I love his work. Totally. Again, his personality because he's an individual. So there's there's a bunch of people. There's, it's, too, it, it's too hard to narrow down on one. And, again, because I'm so curious, I really like to see, like, different perspectives on what people bring and share, you know? I love that. you know, yeah. and,
0: and knowing most of those names, that's a very, like each of them are very talented in their arena. Like it's a very wide diversity. You didn't just name a bunch of packaging guys. You didn't just name a bunch of logo guys. It's They're all very diverse and very different yeah. skill sets.
1: They they all like have a different experience. Um, they've all like taught me something, you know, vastly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like with, for example, with, um, uh, with Sagmeister he he really uh he keeps me uh, grounded with the fact that you know things that you do needs to be beautiful and Mm -hmm. I think we've kind of lost that and this is why like Collins really uh, affirms that for me because they their work is gorgeous it's beautiful and Mm -hmm. he talks about that too um and nowadays we're so like in this whole uh, game of like insights and analytics. And I know that's important from a business perspective, but somehow you lose track of just making things beautiful. Yes. Right. And yeah. our human, again, going back to that, that home, it was just beautiful. Like you don't need to reason with beauty. No. Right. I like that. So.
0: Really well said. And I like, uh, I like the guys that you name dropped here. Definitely a talented crew. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about print. You had mentioned earlier on that you spent some time in print production design. So I hope you got some stories behind this. Um, <laughs> but uh, can you tell us how you've utilized print um, print design or packaging design in your career or any stories to share about that?
1: Um, yeah, there's one particular, but I'll just quickly go back to like when I first started in print. Uh-huh. Again, this is me coming out of school, going into it thinking, hey, I'm an illustrator, this is somehow gonna land me a job in illustration, or it's my foot in the door. <laughs> and this was like a promotional gift company, so I think if we talk about like just noticing design, but it was embedded subconsciously because it was print uh, and promotional gift uh, items. I was working with a lot of logos. I was mm-hmm. working with like school logos, Harvard, UCLA, a lot of badges, uh, and just printing for them for them for from like sizes that are like smaller than a penny to wow. like yeah. massive yeah so it was at that point it was just like really working with that um but yeah so i think something more significant of recent um was a poster that i did for canada 150 that went completely viral uh so i sit on the board of directors for the sick heritage heritage museum of canada Cool. and one of our initiatives is to create these posters every year uh, during Sikh Heritage Month, which is uh, something that we just got recently as well, um, just to build awareness, right? Mm-hmm. To educate people uh, from in different school platforms and everything like that. And one of the posters that we did for Canada 150, um, I designed this uh, poster with Sir John A. McDonnell facing, uh, a profile of him facing uh, Harjit Singh Sajjan, which is our current uh, defense minister. And it was so appropriate for the whole 150-year anniversary because, um, just to give you a quick visual of the poster, it's them facing each other in black and white. On top of Sir John A. Macdonald, you'll see 1867, and in quote, send me an army of Sikhs. And on top of uh, Harjit Singh Sajjan, you'll see 2017, an army led by a Sikh. Right, so the narrative is really how far we've come along, right? Because in, in 1867, mm-hmm. Sir Johnny Macdonald penned a letter uh, asking to send an army of Sikhs, and so this was really important because I had no idea this would happen. You know, you obviously never designed for things to go to vi- uh, viral, um, mm-hmm. and within two days, this thing had like almost a million views organically. Uh, it got shared like 20,000 times. It got picked up by Huffington Post, Toronto Star, a bunch of these big online um, uh, publishing houses. And it got a lot of controversy as well. And that's the best part of graphic design, right? You all awesome. these awesome. So like a bunch of people vandalized these posters. And I was just like, this is amazing because it really got the conversation going. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that was probably the most uh, impactful print design even though it was mostly viral online but this was something that was distributed in schools so you had all of these public schools uh sharing these posters and kids get to take these home right and like i don't know if you you remember in the 90s it was all about posters you hang up posters everywhere right so we've kind of lost that because everything is digital so this is kind of it was very powerful in a way because now you're giving this new lens. You're giving a community uh, a sense of uh, pride mm-hmm. to be able to actually you know, put up. Uh, so that that was probably the most memorable thing. Man, from a print. that is an
0: amazing one. That's an incredible yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. yeah Go search it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the, definitely going to. That's what know? I want to do. I want to look that up right away. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah and I'll include um, I'll include the visuals of that, um, you know, through Instagram and stuff when we're putting Amazing. this stuff up. Yeah. But uh, yeah,
1: I'll send you I'll send you a link to it. To awesome. Help.
0: Oh man, that's an incredible story. <laughs> okay. okay, you definitely like hit that one out of the park. <laughs> Thanks, Okay, Rahul, I got to bring you back down to earth. I got a couple okay. of <laughs> I got a few <laughs> questions here now um, that take you part uh, or down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes learn some lessons. and I don't want to pull those stories out for the listeners. Um, and then in the end, we'll end in a happy place. I'll turn it around. Yeah. Um, I, go on. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it?
1: So the biggest challenge was uh, transitioning from a full-time job to starting my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Had no idea on how to run a business. And, and we'll come back to the whole community aspect and why the future is so important. They play a crucial role in this whole thing. But that was the biggest challenge. Um, and to be honest, the whole reason I started my business is because at that point in my career, I've been working in corporate for so long. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, I didn't really even know the difference between what corporate and the agency world was like Mm -hmm. so when i was trying to get a job in the agency world because i thought okay i'm gonna get exposed to a lot more brands and cooler projects and things like that i had no portfolio that would really make any agency want to hire me even -hmm. the design might be good it's just like okay where's the creative thinking in this and freelance work was never really uh, i never thought that freelance work should be that you know portfolio piece Mm -hmm. so i tried to get a job in an agency for like maybe six to eight months and nothing was really panning out for me and i'm like i'm just the the only way i can do this is to start creating my own work and you know take freelance and let's hopefully within a year i'll get enough clients that will land me a job into an agency Mm -hmm. um so that first year of transition i didn't even think that i'd be starting a business so i'm like now figuring out how do I incorporate myself? Do I do all these things? Just, you know, you're wearing multiple hats. So that was a huge challenge because I never, as a creative, you know, you're not thinking about accounting, you're not thinking <laughs> about all these things. For you know, sure. uh, even naming my business, I had originally named it House of Singh, which, you know, I was trying to break all the stigmas of maybe Indian people that are it, not in design and mm-hmm. i could kind of prove them wrong but it was wasn't a good strategic move because it attracted a lot of indian people mm-hmm. and those weren't my ideal clients and i didn't know that then so that whole year kind of felt like a waste because even though i had like one or two freelance clients it wasn't enough to pay the bills
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so i i you know, figured out, that's when I came up with nothing. And oh, my God, naming a business, that's a whole different challenge. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) right. That's like, wow. Uh, So eventually, I I found Chris on a YouTube channel, because I was trying to figure out, man, I'm not making enough money doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I only got so much of a runway. And uh, so he really helped me um, understand, like how to run this business. And how do I How do I understand? Like, how do I use design and actually, uh, actually figure out like how does this play a role in other people's businesses? Because prior to that, it was just for me. like, how can I make this look good? It had nothing to do with other people. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh, okay, there is an ROI. Oh, I got exposed to more designers and more resources. These are the things I'm missing in my life that I wasn't exposed into the corporate world. So that was like that was the biggest challenge, and then. Mm -hmm. Lastly was imposter syndrome, oh, thinking that yes. I'm right, especially now getting a job in, in the agency world. It was just like, wow, that means I suck. I'm not good enough. <laughs> right. So it's just all these things go through your head. Um, so, yeah, that, that those are probably the biggest challenges I faced. Heavy. I love how you said, you know, being
0: a creative and now having to do accounting. Like, like, like that's the things yeah. that, you know, you don't always think about all of those things. And, you know, if you, if you grow and you need to bring somebody else onto the team, like all of a sudden payroll, like how does this all work? You know, the, the constant stepping up and um, learning the lessons through doing it because that's the only way.
1: Yeah. And it was a huge mindset change too, right? Because I kept saying to myself that I shouldn't be doing this. I should just be designing or, mm-hmm. you know, doing artsy stuff as, as uh, you know, my parents would like to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so it was a denial for the longest time. Uh, and then even, like, the first time I hired somebody um, as an intern, like, that onboarding process was a huge learning curve. So now what I've come to realize that everything that I'm going to be doing um, here on forward is a learning curve and it's mm-hmm. an evolution, right? So, you know, it's been a blessing in disguise to not get a job in the agency world because the the growth I've had in the last three years, I don't think I could have like got that anywhere, right? True. No education would have taught me that. <laughs> even like even the books that I I got exposed to through going online and uh, getting involved in all these commu- uh, design communities. Mm-hmm. It really opened up uh, a whole different
0: framework. Totally. Really well said, Rahul. So now I'd like to go to a specific design or project that you were a part of um, that didn't go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that project?
1: You know, oddly enough, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> I don't think I've had any major like F-ups. Okay um i would say the only thing probably would be in in the web design world Mm -hmm. where it's like the start of the project uh was great it's just rolling everything out in the development phase and executing these like little fine things and this is me still trying to understand like web design and mm-hmm. development and i was trying to do everything that was the problem right i wanted to do web design i wanted to do this i wanted to do yeah so because i didn't know it enough and i took on the client i i started off the project really really well just ending it off i still delivered they were still happy but what should have taken maybe a month took like four months Mm-hmm. So, really, it was a loss of money on, on my end. And I didn't, again, I didn't realize it at that point because I'm like, okay, this is just a project and it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's just got to get it done properly. And, you know, so that was probably, I would say, the biggest F up on my end, not mm-hmm. really for the client because they didn't really have a timeline expectation. Got it. So, then, Roel, what are you
0: struggling with in your design career right now?
1: Right now would be, um, I'd say, I, I don't know if it's a struggle really because I'm I'm I think I'm in the best place uh, that I've ever been in my life because That's I have a lot of clarity on who I am and what I want to do. Um, for the longest, yeah, for the longest time, I was always like, do I want to hire? Do I want a team? All of those things were really what uh, was bothering me because I didn't understand what like why I wanted it. I just thought in order to run a successful business you need to have a team mm-hmm. and now because everything is online and you, people can work remotely, I do have a team that I collaborate with. So I'm like, I think I'm in the position where I have I've the most clarity. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I'm struggling with that.
0: Dude, You're on easy streak. You got to start challenging yeah, yourself yeah. a bit more now.
1: May, may, I guess maybe it's like, it's, Pricing. Pricing has always been a challenge. Mm-hmm. You can call, uh, and it's you know, uh, I'm I'm learning the whole value based pricing game right now, um, and it's it's practice, right? Because you can't do things verbatim, and certain things need to be done based on the situation and who you're talking with. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you like, let's just say you read a book or you hear other people talk about value based pricing. And if you try to just like regurgitate that without listening, mm-hmm. that becomes very problematic because it becomes again it becomes more about you and not the person that you're you're speaking with. So, yeah. So I guess as we as I'm thinking out loud, value based pricing is probably the biggest challenge, and I'm trying to really um, become better at it. Got it. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll turn this around for you. I promise you I would, so I'll turn it around. <laughs> um, I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap.
1: Yeah, there is um, one I did last year uh, for a local business. There's Swim School mm-hmm. called Making Waves. And that has probably been the biggest project uh in my entire life because I did everything from strategy to uh, revitalizing their brand identity uh, to doing wayfinding and working with an interior designer and actually um, having things come to life in an interior space. Wow. You know how like as designers when you when you build this brand identity project a lot of times you're mocking up these applications and a lot of times most of them don't see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately that's just, just the reality of things this was one project that like 90% of the things that we talked about came to life. So and now cool. we have this physical swim school, this physical space that is like a completely, this is their fourth location. And now what's happened with it, you know, is magical because you have, you have people that actually are going to the swim school from their other facilities saying, Hey, when are we going to get this design implementation into our new facility? Right, and it's yeah. just like that's exciting because now you have people, your own customers, talking, and ex- they're excited about this. That's so cool. that's probably been the biggest success uh, that I've
0: ever gone through. That's great, and I can see why you know having to, being able to touch all points of that.
1: Yeah, and I got to take everything I've learned like over the last ten, fifteen years. Uh, you know, the wayfinding was really exciting because I've never really done wayfinding to this degree so you know this is where michael barrett was a huge inspiration being able to really learn from his nyc uh project and Mm -hmm. just really understanding so it took a lot of i think um it challenged my like skills a lot
0: that's that's a good thing
1: yeah good
0: um what is one design product tool website or community that you just can't live without
1: uh, tools would be Adobe of course sure. um, I, know, I know a lot of people will say Adobe sucks but hey it works for me and I'm not complaining um, who says Adobe and, sucks oh there's people that use like Figma and all these other things and they're, I'm sure they're great like o- Adobe has a lot to improve on but it works mm-hmm. so I'm not complaining um, and I would say uh, community wise would be the future um, like I mentioned earlier I've connected with people that were strangers and now they're like family Mm -hmm. uh i've learned how to manage and run my business through this community um so i wouldn't be real like i wouldn't be where i am today without them awesome in all honesty (laughs) well said no that's good that's
0: the power of community absolutely well rahul you've reached part of the show for the ask it forward question I've got a question for you from my last guest and you have the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, um, okay. but you can ask them anything. This is exciting. Yeah. So the que- <laughs> my last guest was Ellen Bruss. She's the creative director and owner of Ellen Bruss Design in Denver, Colorado. And uh, this is a more unique question, mm-hmm. but she wanted to ask, what is your sign? So your, your Zodiac sign. And how does it affect your work?
1: Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm a Gemini. And I don't think it does, really. Um, I, I guess Geminis have this trait of like sort of the split personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed earlier on when I used to like look at you, you know, like there was days when you'd open the paper. Man, I'm aging myself. Open the paper, and you'd be like, "Oh, you read those zodiac signs, and what? What are <laughs> yeah, you saying?" Yeah. You know, as you age, you're like, "These are very general statements. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this could be anybody." Um, the further I pulled myself away from it, the the better I was. So I don't really have any sort of belief system in zodiacs. I think mm-hmm. you, um, you are you can shape your, like I mentioned, mindset was a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get Stuck with this thing that as a Gemini, these are my traits and this is all I could be. It's so limiting. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I would say that of late hasn't affected me one bit because I don't even put focus on that. Mm-hmm. Got it. It's all about mindset. Yeah. Perfect. What is
0: your ask it forward question?
1: Okay, so this, oh man, like I was like, what kind of questions do I ask? So lately, I've been super into self-initiated projects. Mm-hmm. So now I have some, I have more, I have been able to make more free time for it, and that's super exciting. So my forward question would be, you know, to the next guest: Is there any side project or project that you wanted to start but didn't, and then what stopped you? And knowing I know it's three questions, but it's all one. No, I so like, love it. What stopped you from doing it then? And knowing what you know today, what would you do different? Awesome.
0: I love it. Rahul, you've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate your time. And Dave, thank you for having me. This was awesome. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate your time. If you haven't had the opportunity yet, head over to iTunes and please leave a rating and a review for the podcast. I really appreciate it. It helps others find the show and they make me feel warm. Yep, they do. Thanks again and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. See ya.